Hello, and welcome to Between the Lines. I'm Esther Hatch, and I'm here with Tracy Hunter Abramson, Sarah M. Eden, and Sean and Bessie. So we are so excited to have you on the show today, listening to us. And we have kind of a different episode today, more of a writing intensive episode. Um, in the past, we've talked about characters, we've talked about setting, and one other huge aspect of writing is point of view. So when I was a brand new author, I thought I knew what point of view was. And I did know like kind of your English class definitions, which are important. And we're going to talk about those today. But I also didn't really understand the nuances that are involved in point of view and how important that can be as a writer to your story. I do feel like as a reader, you don't really have to notice these things. And that's fine. But as a writer, it really can make a difference to the feel of your story. It definitely impacts um, how close you are to the characters and just the different um, ways you look at a story as you read it that you might not even notice. But as writers, it's an important thing for us to understand the way point of view affects our writing. So to start out, um, we're just going to kind of go over what point of view is. And I'm wondering if one of you could give us a brief explanation of point of view and what does point of view even mean? Because sometimes as authors, when we're writing and talking about point of view, it can mean more than one thing. I'll, I'll tackle this one. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> be prepared to be very confused. Um, one thing we mean when we talk about point of view is the point of view stories are told from. So it's like the, the perspective. The point of view character is the person whose perspective, experiences, that sort of thing, the story is told through. So in the Harry Potter books, the point of view character is Harry. In the Twilight books, the point of view character is Bella. In a romance novel where we have scenes specifically from the perspective of both halves of the couple, they are the two point of view characters. So that's one definition of it is um, the point of view the story is told from. The other is what point of view the story is in. And this is the one that I think um, throws people off. There are multiple options, <laughs> and sometimes there are options within options. We have this is when you hear first person, second person, third person. That's what um, we're talking about here. First person is told um, using the pronoun I. So I went to the store, I bought bread, I went back home. That's first person. Second person is you. Um, so you went to the store, you bought bread, you came back home. That's a very uncommon point of view. But if growing up like me, you read the choose your own adventure books, those are told in yeah. second person. So people ask me, what is second person? I say, choose your own adventure. It's yeah. that. <laughs> um, third person, um, the point of view character is referenced as he, she, um, you know, in that kind of um, pronoun. So he went to the store, he bought bread, he came back home. So that's third person. Within third person, you have three more options. <laughs> Buckle up, guys. I told you it's going to get exciting. You have um, third person close. There are a couple different phrases for it, but close. Um, and basically, that's where you are um, privy to the thoughts and feelings and perspective of a single point of view character. Um, so that's all that you hear is theirs. It's almost like first person, but with he. So you're really close. Third person distant is more like I describe it as if a movie camera were propped up in the corner of a room. That's that the camera is the perspective. So you don't necessarily get anyone's thoughts or feelings, but you see everything that's happening. And uh, the last third person option is omniscient, 
which is um, like the godlike narrator who not only sees all and knows all, but is um, privy to everyone's feelings. This was very common in the 1800s. Um, the third person omniscient happened then. We don't see it nearly as much now, but um, those are those aspects of point of view. And regardless of what you choose, you still have to choose past or present tense. So is everyone super confused yet? Because the next time books I'd written like about to this. vote that Sarah teaches all high school English classes. She <laughs> <laughs> do a video. That would be yeah. amazing. <laughs> like I thought I asked a simple question. Actually, I knew I didn't ask a simple question. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it is kind of a it's kind of a complicated concept and it also has like a lot of nuances within it. Even, and we're going to talk about some of those today. And it's the lovely thing is as a reader, you don't really have to pay attention to any of that because you can just the sit writer back. Does it right? Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. hopefully it's not super noticeable what, what the, the point of view is. It's just, you're thrown into the story and you take off and you go. Um, obviously anyone trained to look for it will probably notice it right away. But um, I definitely didn't when I was just not just a reader, guys. <laughs> I miss my days of being a reader and not a writer, actually, to be completely honest. I do but too. I never noticed point of view. And I still remember the first time I went to a book club and we I, I loved the book, just loved it. And the first comment right out the gate was, well, I don't like first person point of view books so I mean I liked it okay but it wasn't my cup of tea so I'm like opening up the book like what is she like I knew I knew what point of view was because I'd been in English but I'm like I it hadn't even crossed my mind that it was first person or third I mean like I really didn't so hopefully if we're doing it right it's not something crazy noticeable um unless you're really trying to be tricky or something that it's and and do that well which is I think hard to do so um I think as authors, it's so important though that right before we start our story, we kind of know what point of view you're going to write this book in. So I'm curious about you guys, what points of view do you prefer to write in? Like, do you stick to one? Do you use multiple? And what factors go into your thought process when you're deciding that? Um, most of the time I will write two points of view I usually have the hero and the heroines and I do it because it's like Sarah said with the close I like to get into both of their heads so that readers know what each side of the equation is thinking um, there have been a few times when I have written a bad guy point of view as well um, just so the readers know what the hero and heroine are up against. Um, so that, that adds a third layer to the story. Um, when Tracy and I and Paige and Amanda wrote Heirs of Falcon Point, we each wrote multiple points of view and then brought them together in giant group of points of view. Um, but I think the way we got away with it was that not all the cast of characters were on the page at the same time. And so um, I think if you bring in too many, it can be really confusing. Yeah, agreed. I generally speaking also write uh, with two point of view characters. I think it's actually really pretty common in romance. I've really only mm -hmm. ever seen two third person or one first person. Uh, there are some exceptions, but that's pretty true most of the time. So I generally write from the point of view of both 
of the members of my couple. And 99.9999% of the time, that's in third person close past tense. That's just where I like to write. And it's what makes the most sense for my stories. Yeah, same. I'm, I'm, just add a couple more nines to that percentage. And I'm like, oh, it. <laughs> oh, I'm at a hundred percent. So <laughs> like, I, I don't think I'd know how to write any other point of view anyway, but the, the thing that gets tricky with mine is like for romances, mine will usually be two points of view. Sometimes there'll be a third, but um, it's when I'm doing suspense, like Sean mentioned, sometimes I'll have like that bad guy point of view but then I might have a couple more and I've had like the book I'm working on right now. I was up to six points of view and I was like, Oh, I, that is getting to be too much. And so I've gotten rid of one, but I think I'm probably going to end up with five and none of them are even the bad guy. So going, "Mm, well, but they all need to do different things. So thriller, when you get into thrillers, you could have a lot. So it really just depends on what does the story need and can you get away with, you know, if you can get away without one of them, it often is worth it to try to get rid of it. But yeah, it's the genre really can help dictate how many points of view you have. Yeah, I, I had like it's a little bit like yeah. juggling. Like Sarah and uh-huh. I can juggle two balls. Tracy can juggle six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do think well, it's one genre. crashed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but when you're we were talking, I was thinking about the different types of books I've read. I do think it's genre specific though. I think in the thriller mystery type genre, <clears throat> that is more common to have a little bit more because you mm-hmm. kind of have all these pieces of a puzzle you're trying to put together. Yeah. I've right. noticed in mm-hmm. fantasy, it's very common to have quite a few point of view characters at least Mm -hmm. but in romance I feel like it's usually one or two like that and when Mm -hmm. I write I write romance and I've written first person with one point of view and I've written third person past tense um close like what most of you guys do too so those are the two that I've written and and I like them both for two different reasons and um we're going to talk about that a little bit I'm I'm curious if you guys could each kind of tackle um one of these types of point of view and talk about the advantages and disadvantages of writing in a certain type of, of point of view. I'm totally deferring to the pseudo high school teacher for this. Sarah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I will say I did contemplate in college getting a teaching degree, but I was going to teach physics. So which <laughs> is a little different. I can see that. Um, I think I I think I I'll tackle third person because that's the one I write in the most. Um, there are some disadvantages to it if you're writing third person omniscient. You know that's that godlike narrator. It is so hard to pull off without inadvertently jumping into head hopping. That's where you're technically writing third person close, where you're deep in one character's thoughts. And then in the middle of the scene, you jump into another character's thoughts and you're deep in those. And another, you jump into another. I've had a lot of readers say when they've seen that in books that they weren't sure what was wrong, but something felt wrong. And that's that they can sense that it's there because it's been done incorrectly. So third person omniscient is really hard to pull off. Third person distant, it's harder to make emotional connections between your characters and your readers because they're so distant. You aren't deep in the thoughts of anybody. Can it be done? Absolutely. It's just harder. Um, third person close can be tough when you, you know, the writer really, really want to tell readers what other characters are thinking. It's kind of like Tracy was saying, if she did third person close with only one point of view, 
it might be hard for all those puzzle pieces to fall in where you need them to. So that can be a challenge with um, third person. Um, if you're doing third person close and you have multiple points of view in a romance, it's almost impossible to pull off like a love triangle because you give away who ends up with the, you know, in the couple in the end. So you either need to add a third point of view or you need to think about shifting. That's my dog in the background. Uh, you either need to add in another point of view or you need to think about shifting to a different um, approach to it. Uh, in terms of advantages, Omniscient lets the reader get into everyone's head. So you're privy to a lot of things. Um, third person distant, you see everything. So which details are included isn't dependent on what a particular character would notice or say or think about. Third person close, it's really easy to pull your readers deep into a character's thoughts and experiences. So that can be a benefit of uh, third person. So yeah, pluses and minuses, you got to pick what serves your story best. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, as you were talking about him, I was thinking of um, Howl's Moving Castle. I read that not too long ago and loved it. But, and I think it is so successful and it's a very distant point of view. And I can't remember because I wasn't planning on talking about it if it's first or third. Um, but it, so it's probably third because it was so distant. <laughs> but yeah. um, I remember like loving every aspect of, until it got to like the climax of the romance thread that's in there and then I was like oh I wish it was in close point of view because I want to feel feel those it. omissions exactly. but like that wasn't what that book was about, about. you know mm -hmm. and it's actually like a fabulous book right. so really we talk about advantages disadvantages like all of these are legitimate ways to write a book you 100%. just as an author need to understand what these things are giving to you when you sit down to write exactly. yeah so yeah, and there, I mean, then there's also, well, I was going to say, there's also um, some people will do mixed. So they'll have like yeah. a certain character will be first person and then they'll have other characters in third person. And so that can be a challenge because it's like, it's great because you're right in the, you know, you've got that real close connection that you can get from, from first person that you see all their thoughts. And then you also have the advantage of the other characters, you can see what they look like and who they are and things like that, get those other impressions from the other characters. But you have to make sure the disadvantage is it can be hard to, to not be jarring as you go from one to the other, you know, right. as you transition yeah. from one scene to the other. So yeah, yeah, unique approaches take a lot of skill and finesse. It's totally yeah. possible, but it, yeah, it's yeah. work. And I think um, when you talk about doing like something uncommon, a different point of view than what readers are used to, I'm going to just say this, like as a new writer, sometimes that might be appealing. You might be like, I'm going to do something different from everyone else because there are some books out there that did well because they did that. Right. But I do feel like those are very much the exception to the rule, like where you get the really outside of the box. Um, but you also have just kind of something different that you're maybe not used to reading, but it's still kind of within the realm of what people are comfortable with that can do really well. So I'm just kind of curious, what types of books have you read that have like different points of views than you're used to or like extremely different points of views and how did that affect the book? I I don't think that I can say that this was extremely different and extremely uncommon because it isn't, but because I 99 point many, many nines percent of the time <laughs> write in third person past, I remember picking up Matched by Ali Kondi and it 
it literally took me probably a full chapter before my brain was working with first person present because it was so different than what I was used to. And um, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's a dystopian novel. And as I read it, I realized how clever she was to use that point of view because here you have a world that nobody knows. And so you're literally exploring it with the character in present tense. Um, and so she's discovering it as you're discovering it, um, which was great. It's just that yeah. it was so different from my mindset that it took a little while for me to get into the groove. Yeah, I think first person present also like, um, I remember the first time I read a friend of mine's and my heart was kind of racing the whole time, even at like, yeah. not necessarily exciting parts, <laughs> but like, it's interesting how just that present tense can like, throw you into the book like right. it's happening right now yeah right. when one thing i've found with first person present tense um in the reader's mind the question of that character's ultimate fate is much more in question because you're right. there with them in the moment as opposed to i'm writing about things that have already happened mm -hmm. you know what i mean and so yeah i think that's one reason why it feels more intense because you feel a little bit more like anything could happen Right. Um, You're more on edge with it. Right. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I read I read a book and it's not out yet. So everyone just write it down on your your to be read list. But I had a chance to read it. It's just one more by Annette Lyon. And it's a dual point of view book. But one the both points of view are in first person. So I. Um, but one is first person present and one is first mm. person past tense. And it was brilliant. Because one, even though you're in first person for both points of view, you always know whose point of view you're in because one of them is always in the past and one is always in the present. And it added the sense of finality to one timeline and a sense of mm. undetermined uh, uh, outcomes with the other. And it just, it was brilliant. I hadn't, I'm sure it's been done before, but it's the first I had read it. And it was super well done. Absolutely the best choice for that book and those characters. So that one jumped out at me. Well, I think for, like I mentioned before, you know, I have, a, we have a few friends that have done the, the dual um, points of view. And one person that comes to mind is Jeff Savage. He now goes, now his books, I guess, are under J. Scott Savage, but um, A Time to Die alternated between the first and third person. And he recently did it again with his book, um, Secrets of the Looking Glass. But it's interesting because again, you know, you know exactly whose point of view you're in because the POV has shifted but it does take a lot of finesse to do, yeah. you know, to create something that way. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I think it's tricky to do something well as an author to be shifting that way. Also, I, I imagine if it was me, I'd have a lot of editing to do. If <laughs> I'd be like, oops, I went back into past. Oops. I, or like third. Yeah. Fourth. yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure as an author, like you have to make that decision consciously because that's going to be a lot of work to shift right. like that. I think one of the books I always think of that really kind of took the world by storm with its unique point of view is The Book Thief, because, and this kind of goes into the two types of point of view, but the main point of view character was death, which is unique in of itself. But also it was first person, but because he was death, it was almost omniscient, but not quite, you know, like he could see right. everyone. He could, and so you don't often get like a first person, per, first person omniscient, point of view, right. but he also didn't quite understand everyone. So it wasn't a full omniscient 
point of view. So I mean, like that book's a little bit when I talk about out of the box. I think it's 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 more out of the box. Good example. It's a good example of one. Yeah, yeah. and it makes perfect sense that if you're telling it first person and your narrative character is a deity of some kind, whether it's you know from Greek mythology or death personified, of course they're going to be privy to things other people aren't. So. That yeah. shows a deep understanding of the character, which it does. is fantastic. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also, I think you'd have to have that to pull off something yeah. as unique as that. And I don't think it's like every day someone can put out a book with that. Right. Because then it becomes right. not that cool anymore. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the reasons <laughs> right. are. But like also readers do have that expectation when they um, open up the book, they're going to understand what's going on. And so for the most part, most books are written in something that people are comfortable with, familiar with, so they can just jump right in and not have that period of like adjustment as they try and figure out exactly how this book is being told. Well, I love talking to you guys about um, all these writing topics because I always (laughs) learn so much too. And um, I really enjoyed speaking about Point of View with with you today. Um, So thanks for answering all my questions and, and going over it. And thank you all for listening to Between the Lines, and we hope you join us next time. 